0: One of the biggest announcements for developers in our Tokyo release is the update to our ECMAScript engine. Today's guest gives us some inside information behind this update. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals. And I say that with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and of course the tradecraft to accelerate your career. In this episode, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Senior Principal Product Manager, Paul Jensen. How are you today, Paul?
1: Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on the the podcast. This is my first podcast where I'm actually recording one, and I've listened to about it 10,000 of them before but never been on the other end of it so look forward
0: to it you're a podcast guest virgin yes (laughs) yes we're just gonna leave that up to the listener's imagination (laughs) whatever hazing is involved with that i'm i i I don't know (laughs) i don't get too many of these (laughs) well before we begin i always like to get to know our guests so please share a little bit about yourself
1: yeah sure thing um I've been in the software industry for about 15 plus years now. I started out as a software engineer at a a small startup in in Colorado Mm -hmm. and uh, made my way kind of as a integration engineer doing full stack development, integration engineer, uh, then kind of went into management uh, and started delivering integrations to actual customers as well. So kind of made a shift away from, a product and engineering organization into a organization that delivered uh, to customers um, directly. And so got a good mix of, of cost, direct customer experience and then kind of got uh, got into some discussions with the chief product officer at another company who convinced me that I had been a product manager for many years and just didn't realize it. And so I uh, ended up making a career change into product management and I've been doing that for the past uh, six or seven years now and uh, just recently joined ServiceNow earlier this year uh, and have been really excited to be involved in in the um, developer experience here.
0: Welcome aboard.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's always uh, nice when somebody tells you, you know, you've been doing this role. You just haven't realized it. You go, "Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should check into that as a profession."
1: Yeah, it's especially when they're like, you know, the chief product officer of a, of a company. They're typically very convincing individuals, and so uh, I, I was, I was, you know, convinced very quickly.
0: Well, you would hope by the time they get to that level of an organization, they kind of know what they're doing and the resources and what what you are doing. And it's like you, you know, they're the part of their job is to get the right butts in the right seats on the bus. Exactly. Exactly. Now, enough about the work talk. When you're not at work, what do you enjoy doing?
1: Uh, let's see. I, I love golf, outdoors, uh, hiking. Um, spend a lot of time on the boat on the weekends. I, I take my two and a half year old daughter and my, my wife out. And we kind of go explore and go check out little islands. We'll take our dogs with us and let them swim and run around and, and all that. So we, we try to get outdoors because we both work from home and we're indoors all day during the week. So
0: Oh, yeah. I think most of us can appreciate that as well. It sounds like you're near the water. Where are you located?
1: In Wilmington, North Carolina. So it's about an hour and a half from Raleigh, the capital, and it's a small coastal town out here.
0: Oh, very nice. Well, I have to make a point to stop there sometime. Sounds beautiful. Please do. Now, you and I were setting this podcast up for a couple of weeks, and we were talking earlier about your first day at your last job. I just this is a nice little insight thing I like to share with people when the opportunity comes up. So, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, sure. And this is when I made the switch to product management as well, from from being, uh, you know, in in engineering management. And so, I I joined this this startup. There was about two hundred plus people at this point, so you know, borderline startup. They were pretty well funded. Mm-hmm. But my first week, I joined at their annual conference that they had, where it's a week long. Uh, set of events, and so my first day was in a you know large conference room with 250 people and and motivational speakers and guests and the CEO talking and all the all the C suite talking and and motivating everybody and and uh, and then that night there was, there was a party uh, where it was you know privately hosted at a uh, farm with with horses and stuff around and and you know all the bourbon on tap you you, you could have and. Then the next day was was on, uh, you know, team building with your with your teams, which you know I had never met, and so got <laughs> to do that. And then there, throughout the week there were more parties, and there were, you know, uh, on Friday closed it out with a beer tap in the office, and I was really confused as to how this company got funding when all we did was have fun and and drink and and hang out and party. So. Uh, I quickly realized, though, the following week when, you know, we started going 100 miles an hour and did so for the next six years that that was just a, you know, a small reward for the hard work from the 51 weeks prior. I just happened to join at that right time. So that was a fun experience.
0: Work hard, play hard. You walked in on the play hard part.
1: (laughs) I really did. I really did. Yeah. But I also also worked hard as well and and got to play hard towards the end.
0: Well, speaking of hard work, we've put in a lot of hard work and introduced ECMAScript 2021 to the platform in Tokyo. What can you tell our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, this is a really exciting feature that that, that we're delivering in, in Tokyo. This has been an idea in the community for quite a while, as, oh, yeah. as I'm sure all the listeners are are, are keen on. Uh, and, and originally, you know, when the request was made, the uh, the the ECMAScript version was ES6, um, and we had been on ES5 for a few years prior to that request of, hey, let's upgrade this, you know, more modern JavaScript. And so that's you know been in the back of the minds of many folks here at ServiceNow for a while that we know we need to deliver a mo- more modern development experience for our community, um, but. You know, prioritization uh, just didn't quite allow that to happen for for a number of years. Uh, And what's interesting is in this past year, the team's been working very hard on planning to deliver ECMAScript in its current form. So we went beyond ES6, which is what was, you know, part of the official request. We went all the way up through ECMAScript 2021, which at the time was the current standard. They just... Recently, I think in June, uh, uh, you know, uh, approved ES uh, thirteen or ES or Ecmascript twenty twenty two. Of course, but we were able to go all the way up through twenty twenty one and and make it work with our existing infrastructure that we had in place. We were able to deliver to the development experience the ability to write Ecmascript twenty twenty one and down. So. When you go to Stack Exchange and you find a code snippet and it's written uh, beyond ES5 in a more modern uh, way, then it's much more likely to to work, you know, more directly within ServiceNow than than before. You no longer really have to scroll down and find, hey, here's an ES5 version of the script, you know, that now you can copy and paste into your uh, background script.
0: Yeah, so many times you get those snippets online says, here's an ES6 script, just copy and paste it. Come on! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so, thank you for all of that hard work. And I just want to point out to the listener that um, you can change this in a couple of places in, in the application picker. If you do the drop down and you've got your your scope picked, this this is for scoped apps only. As of Tokyo, I want to point that out. We'll get to that in a second. And uh, there's a little icon up there that will take you into the sysapp record. Or if you're like me, you type sysunderapp.list, find the record, blah, blah, blah. You can also do this through the settings in studio. If you're in studio, dev studio, you go in and there's a chooser picker there. It's not the default though. You have to opt into ECMAScript 2021. Now Paul, I went to ECMA-international.org and I found the the spec for ECMAScript 2021 is and we called ours. ECMAScript 2021. Are they the same thing? Is it is it parity on those two?
1: So we are implementing the ECMAScript 2021 standard uh mm-hmm. in, in our application. Now, as many developers are familiar with, there's always going to be some degree of compatibility that an engine or an application uh you know has against a standard, right? So one thing that we're doing is we as part of Tokyo, we are releasing. Documentation that is a compatibility matrix that you may be familiar with. There's an like ES compat open source project that's out there in GitHub where you can go and look at uh, all the different browsers and engines that are out there and see what is their percentage of completion against the standard and what are the the very granular features that they support. We took that and and made it tailored to ServiceNow to make sure that folks know what are the actual features within the standard that we currently support in the Tokyo release. So we will give you an indication as to whether or not we just currently don't support it, but may intend to, or whether or not it's just incompatible with the way that we execute JavaScript server side today. Uh, So an example of that would be async or await. We currently do not support Uh, as there is a major infrastructure change that would need to happen for that to to be done. So we have marked that as not currently supported. Although, of course, that is something that we would love to support in the future and and the engineers and, and product teams are well aware. So we're trying to figure out a way to do that. It just wasn't in scope for Tokyo.
0: Okay. You mentioned there are certain things that we did not implement, and if a customer discovers a feature, say from ES7, that we don't currently include, what should they do?
1: That's a great question. So, uh, well, one way would be in the documentation of that compatibility matrix. There should be a feedback option. Um, I would love to hear from anybody that that would like to see features that are not supported there, uh, especially use cases around it and and code snippets that may you know uh, help us understand the your pain point and and help us you know try to prioritize adding a feature like that. There's also the ideas portal, right? Where this original request came from. Uh, I know it sat there too long. That is not the intention going forward. I'm I'm monitoring that uh you know definitely weekly. I I get emails every day that people are pretty excited about this feature coming out in the ideas portal. So that's a great way to to let us know you know whether or not there's any any gaps that are that are affecting you and, and fulfilling you know, your, your business requirements, right. Of extending the platform, of course, you know, any current channel you have where you're submitting feedback, right. So you can even do it, uh, you know, through your account management team, or, uh, if you don't have that Avenue, you can always honestly reach out through me to, to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'd be happy to, to take requests too. And, and, and have discussions with you as well.
0: And of course, dear listener, I will put the link to the compatibility matrix in the show notes, the, description on YouTube, all the usual places where you can find that. Now, Paul, the feedback from the community on this so far has been great. It's only been a few days since we released this. The biggest response I've been hearing is when will this be available in global?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we took an approach uh of of making sure that we could safely enable this modern experience and and you know, do it in a a little bit of a crawl, walk, run type of scenario
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we are enabling it for scoped applications. Uh, we are having customers opt in to the feature when they create a new scoped application. Um, we know that many people work in global and they need to uh, you know, execute code from within the global scope. And the team is evaluating how and when we could deliver that feature. So it's definitely something that the team knows of. We we understand that there are many folks still in the global space and we want to deliver that. So uh, it's it's my hope that we will. And it's just a matter of of how and when that the team is trying to figure out.
0: I appreciate you answering that head on.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a big concern. You know, yeah. I, it's I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that that not everybody is in a scoped app. Uh, you know, we even uh, within ServiceNow, there, there is, is still some, some work directly in global. And so we, we want these features to be available in global.
0: And somebody had even asked, well, what if I make one of these global groupings in Studio where I grab a bunch of global stuff in a quote-unquote scope? My answer to that was, if if you have an application field on your form and it says anything except global, you have the ability to use the new JavaScript by using one of those scoped global apps. You're still in global.
1: Yeah. That, that's my understanding as well. Um, you know, I haven't test specifically tested that exact scenario. Um, I just, I know that, uh, from some testing in, let's say the background scripts where you can kind of quickly, you know, execute a, yep. a, a, a set of code. If you, are in global, and you try something as simple as uh, defining a variable saying let A equals one, right? And you do that in global scope, it will throw an exception, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think many of us are familiar with that uh, by copying and pasting code on the web and putting it there and saying, ah, it got me again. As soon as you change that scope to, to a scoped application that has the ECMAScript 2021 feature toggled, then that is when you know that declaration will proceed and there will not be any kind of stack trace that happens as a result of that. So it definitely has to be executed from the initial scope of a scoped application with this enabled. And the things that are brought into that application should execute through the same pipeline as that application, which should enable ES12.
0: Great transition into my next question. If you enable this on a scoped app, and is it available in all server side places like let's say the server script of a service portal widget
1: yeah so all all server side places this should be enabled um any any kind of editor that uh, that's brought up in the UI will also have linting support which you know means it will tell you if you've tried to uh, to use a feature that's not supported or it will allow you to use the more modern features that we do support it will no longer have the red squiggly of death underneath the let uh, a equals 1 so uh, it will it will let you know that it's there and that, that it's supported but yes it it is supported on the the server side um, you know the many server side options that we have
0: excellent and i love the fact that you you can catch it before it becomes a problem one of my favorite questions for all product managers is, "Can you give us a hint of what's on the roadmap?" Safe harbor, safe harbor.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I've I've hinted a little bit already, answering the global direct directly head on, right? <laughs> the the you know we're definitely evaluating how and when we can deliver support uh, for modern JavaScript and in, in global. Um, I think beyond that, we're you know investing a lot in the developer experience and especially for professional coders, uh, you know, folks like yourselves that are listening to a development podcast, right? That are that are, you know, uh doing this either as a career, or as a, as a, as a hobby, but but your focus is development and and you know learning new techniques and you know enhancing your your skill set. Uh so things around that um are going to be, you know, we're gonna continue honestly to to keep supporting ECB script release over release. Um, whether that's every single release or not to be determined, but we're not going to stop at ES 2021, right? ES 2022 just got approved in June. So, you know, it it would not be good for the community if we just said, you know what, hey, in another five years, let's think about going and and releasing ES 2026. Uh, You know, that's not what the community is looking for. So we're going to keep looking at supporting more and more features of the standard Increasing our compatibility, so, you know, today, I don't know the exact percentage, let's, let's call it around 85% uh, is our compatibility of the ES2021 standard. You know, we want to increase that. We want to uh, also support new features as the standard evolves each, each year. And then lastly, um, we are, you know, continuing to look at uh, features that have been requested around supporting third-party libraries um and then in the long run we know that the that the underlying engine you know could eventually use an overhaul uh, but that's that's a much longer term you know uh, thing on on the roadmap
0: i know i speak for many developers out there who really appreciate the fact that we are almost taking a look over our shoulder at this point and then looking forward so thank you for allowing the engine to stay up to date a little bit more than it has in the past like you said we don't want to be here in Five, six, seven years going, hmm, looks like it's time for another major forklift. And and also the investment, I'm, I'm very, very excited to hear more about the whole scripting engine, the environment uh, for the pro developers. I know there's been a lot of focus on low-code capabilities in the platform. App Engine Studio being a classic example, mm-hmm. Flow, Flow Designer being another example. That's great. I am totally on board with that because that enables more people to build applications. But the old crusty guys like me, you know, who have been doing this for forty years, who won't yeah, let go of their code. You know, uh, you know that, that's that's I, I say that a bit tongue in cheek. There are times when your low code applications hit an inflection point where you've got to start adding some coded capabilities, where you need to engage those computer science majors who have the scripting capabilities in your organization. To put in those requirements, those features that you need to fulfill a business requirement. I have a friend right now. I've been f- friends with him for 40 years. He's been very much a mentor to me. And uh, he's, he, he doesn't say, I have opinions. He says, I have strongly held convictions. And I always try to get him over to the service now side of things and say, "Hey, come on over." He goes, "Ah, no, 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 no. One of the bees in his bonnet is that uh, you know we have had some issues keeping our ECMA script up to date. So I'm looking forward to another couple of releases going. Now, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can put that one under the fence, and uh, yeah, you know, I,
1: I, I hope the work we're doing is going to be the, the the conviction that he needs to, to, <laughs> to make the jump. I, I would love that.
0: I would too. Yeah, thank you very much, Paul. This is very exciting stuff. I know a lot of listeners are going to enjoy not only what we've done in Tokyo, but what's coming. There's there's more stuff for the pro developers that. You know, you can learn on, you can build on, you can uh, you can now copy and paste from Stack Overflow. Now <laughs> not one hundred percent, obviously. There's, you know, many, most environments don't have a server side capability like we do. So when you see these solutions, you know, keep that in mind. There's there still maybe some fine tuning you need to do for the ServiceNow environment. Before we leave, can you let the listener know how they can get in touch with you? Should they have a question or ask for an enhancement?
1: Yeah, outside of the, the normal feedback channels, uh, which you know I always encourage folks to go through, um, I'm always open to have a discussion through LinkedIn. So we'll we'll make sure to put my uh, LinkedIn URL here in in the podcast details. But yeah, uh, other than that, that's that's really the best way to get involved with me. And I, I I would love to add to my resume that I personally enabled folks to copy and paste from Stack Exchange. <laughs> so I, I think I need to go do that, update my LinkedIn there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you ought to put that on. That's classic. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget, you can check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them over at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. Oh, by the way, that's where you find the idea portal, too. So if you've got another idea for our product team, please put it there or upvote if something's already there that you thought of. You can subscribe to this podcast for free, get it automatically delivered to you. They show up every other Wednesday on my podcasting client. It's great fun. It's like a little present every, every other Wednesday. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producer is me, Chuck Tomasi. Video and captions are added and put on YouTube by Earl Duque. And you can find out more about the ServiceNow developer program over at developer.servicenow.com. Again, thank you so much, Paul. A lot of great information that you shared with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. I don't know too many podcasts that do that, but I do. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll kind of let, let you uh, determine whether or not we need to go there.
0: You know what? I think we can scratch that because you already answered it. And and my answer to that, I hope this is right. <laughs> and now I forgot the other question. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I might take that part off. That's just rambling. That's going to be some fun to edit. I, I'm out of prison. I can talk now.